Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Gareth. And I'm Ollie. And we are... The Newly Dads. The Newly Dads. Great. Let's no, try good. that again. We are the Newly Cancelled. Newly Dads. Oh, is that right? Hi, I'm Gareth. And I'm Ollie. And we are the Newly Dads. Welcome to another episode of Newly Dads, the podcast where we talk about all things ridiculous when it comes to babies and uh, becoming new dads for the first time and sharing all our journeys with you, uh, the lovely listeners. And we hope that we're all a big community. We are. And actually, we've got Georgia Kasulu on today, haven't we? We so do. Georgia has got her son, Brody. Now, if you like popular culture, almost certainly you will know who Georgia and Tommy are. They have their own show called Georgia and Tommy Baby Steps uh, on ITVB. And of course, they were on The Only Way Essex, uh, our competitor. But in real life, we all smile and we're all good friends. So um, that's really exciting because Georgia's gone through a heck of a journey. And uh, a lot of people have been with her through that journey, not only of having beautiful Brody, but also... Um, going through horrible situations with miscarriage. George has also got a book out called I Wish I Knew. That's coming out later this month um, on the 29th. And it's all about the things she wished she knew and in particular about parenting and obviously having your first baby and the things that people just don't talk about or tell you and just think you should just naturally know, which obviously you don't. Now, it is rare to get a Chelsea Towie crossover. However, today we are going to be talking to her and uh, we want to know all the bits that she should have known or wants to know uh, when she was going through... Uh, baby steps at the beginning. And I do love a parent friend, which I've just recently found out. I love a parent friend, baby friend. We're all in the same boat. So I can't wait to have a chat with her. Okay, so we are so, so excited to have Georgia Kasulu on, who is an old mate of mine and from... Essex to Chelsea. Thanks for having me, guys. No, thank you so much for coming on. I've said this 150,000 times to people because when you're on shows, they go, oh, what's that person like? What's that person like? And I've always said there are three people that are so delightful, and that is Georgia, Tommy, and Lydia Bright, who are my favourites. And Aww. from Tari, and I remember a long time ago, we were in Kenston Roof Gardens, do you remember? And I think my friends yes. left me or something like that. And you guys took me under your wing and we went to that back room and we all <laughs> had drinks. And it was just something I'll never forget. But you're always so kind to me. And it was just something that I always, I always appreciate. Them uh, days are gone now. But yeah, I love their memories we had because oh, I don't do a lot now. I literally stay in Brentwood and don't leave. <laughs> literally never leave. I, well, I think that's all right. That's what being a parent is. We're a bit tired. Um, I must say, I, I actually now relish staying in. I'm I'm more of a homebody anyway, but now you stay in a lot more. Like I've had Ollie in last week, like 90% of it. Whereas before you used to go out a lot, or we both used to go out a lot. There is no point now. 
can't. Like, you know, and you're like, it's not worth it. Like, I'm sorry. I, I look, when people invite me to things, I'm like, I love you, but it's just not worth it. So no. I, I love saying no. I say no to everything. I love, how much do I love saying no? The power of saying no is so, oh. so good. And, you, and I'm so good at it. Yeah. I'm like, it's not going to, it's not going to change my life. The want to go out is gone because there's this new sort of tiredness from having the kids that no one tells you about. It's a special kind of tiredness. And you just like, you, the, the first thing to go is like, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to stay and I'm just do this. What stage are you at with this sleep stuff? So ours sleep, go to bed, they go down pretty good at it at about seven. And then now yeah. we're at the stage where the night before they slept through till 5.30. And then oh, last, yeah, I know the dream. And then last night they slept till two and then this morning till 7.30. So we do a little okay. bit of dream feed. But the issue is, is I sleep terribly. And so I will, Gareth will be there snoring away and I will be there in the back, the smallest little noise and I'm awake. And so I end up yeah. staying awake throughout half the night, just any kind of squeak. And you worry, of course you do. Still That's doing me. That. that is me. Do you know what? It's never left me. The minute I got pregnant, I had insomnia and it's never gone, never gone. And now Brody's obviously in his own room because he's older, but I have, still have the monitor. I actually asked someone the other day, I was like, when do I get rid of this monitor? Like, I'm a bit confused. What's your sleep routine like at the moment? So you're, you, you've still got the monitor, but what, what, how does Brody sleep? Yeah. He, do you know what? I don't want to say it because I feel like when you say this out loud, it goes the other way. This is the rule of parenting. You can't say how good they sleep. <laughs> so shall I say it, it for you that Brody's you sleeping pretty me, well? It's generally around, well, it used to be seven, but now he's trying to push his luck to eight. But I don't really mind. But it's around anything from 7.30 to eight. And he likes to get up around 6.30, um, which is like amazing from what he was when he was a baby. But yeah, sometimes he likes to wake up at five and I'm just not a morning person and I never will be. And it's so hard. But you do it. You do do it. You do get on with it. You have to. There's no other way. And it's it's kind of like that thing I, I felt when, before we had the kids, that lots of people were like, oh, you're going to be so tired. You're not going to know. People almost want to lord it over you, this like big secret about how knackered you're going to be. They're like, no, you're, nothing will ever prepare you for this. But I'm assuming that, that Tommy runs a very successful business and I reckon he's probably up first thing in the morning anyway. Oh my God, he is up. Do you know what actually is annoying? It's so annoying because say I've had a rough night, as in like Brody will cough and then the dog will be snoring. I will be up. Say there's like four or five in the morning. I can't go back to sleep. And then Tommy wants to get up at like 4.35. He starts his day that early. I'm like, you're not normal. What is wrong with you? Like I just, what? and he tries talking to me. Stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. <laughs> I need to sleep. That's the joys of ADHD as well, because Gareth's got ADHD as well. So that I'm very aware of that sort of world um, where they are always on. It's like having another set of children. Sometimes it's actually harder. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more so. They argue back more. If I wake up, I want you to wake up. So I start like prodding you and pushing you. Yeah. Is that what it is? Because Tommy's never admitted that to me. So thank you for that. I literally, because... I'm if, I, if I've got the energy, everyone else needs to have the energy. And Oliver is not a morning person, which really bothers me. Does ADHD impact um, parenting at all, do you reckon? I think it's because you go, you often say to the kids, Oh, ADHD daddy's here. The, how, how much more delighted are they to see me? Because I'm just a ball of energy. Because you are the most excitable person in the world. And you're just like, ah, with them the whole time. And they're like, oh my God, this is incredible. I've got a clown yeah. at my disposal. A little puppy. It is literally like that the entire time. So Apollo just is fascinated with Gareth because he thinks he's just the best thing in the entire world, full Aww. stop. Where I'm a bit more like, hello, darling, you're right. What about that? Gareth's yes. like, 
I just I'm not like like that. It's and so he's so like, ah, this is amazing. Do you know what? You're used to the same as us, like me and Tom. It's good to have the mix. You need to have the mix. The only time the mix don't work for me is when I've had I've been a mum all day. It always happens when it's been like a 5 a.m. start. So by seven o'clock, I'm ready to like go in the living room, shut the door, and be on my own. Lovely. And just don't talk to anyone. I'll like get Brody ready for bed and like we do the routine, the same routine every night. And then Tommy decides to like throw him in the air and like get him so excited. And I'm like, are you joking? I'm like, you've had all day to do this. And now you're doing it at seven o'clock when I'm ready to shut up. And he goes, what's wrong with you? Just let him stay up. I'm like, no, no. And then we row, but that's the only time it doesn't work for me. Everyone that ever talks about babies, you always say routine is the most important thing. It and is. And that is, and so yes, if you break that too many times, I think you're in trouble. I mean, I literally, I think the other night I was outside the bedroom after putting them to bed and I was like, I don't think I'm done with them yet. I want to wake them up and, and play with them a bit but more. You can't do that. No, I know. I didn't do no. it. I didn't do it, obviously, because of the routine. And I am I am so meticulous about routine and very focused on it. It's actually probably more comes from me. But I was just outside the room and I was like, just one night. I was like, I missed them a bit. Can I get them up? Have you done long haul with Brody yet? Yes. What was jet lag like with that? That was interesting, wasn't it? Honestly, I did it when Brody was about eight, nine months and it scarred me for life. It <laughs> scarred me for life to the point we had to buy a villa in Mallorca. <laughs> That's True incredible. Fact. I mean, that is drastic. Love how like, bougie that is. On the way to Mexico, me and Tommy nearly split up. Like, I promise you now, if someone would have gave me a parachute and said jump, I would have gone. I'd have put Brody on my back and I'd have legged it because... I've never gone back. It's a lot and I don't recommend it. Mexico's not, a long fucking way I'm not way quite as well. sure what they say on the Lullaby Trust about jumping out of a plane with, with an infant. Probably not great, <laughs> but I tell you what, it's metaphorical. I think I completely, totally understand what you're saying. We've definitely had arguments going towards the plane. Oh my oh. God, one handy. So where did you go? We went to Barbados um, at the start. Of the, they were actually a dream. They they, they didn't cry. They slept. And everyone on the plane afterwards, like, your kids are amazing. And oh. I was like, proud parent award. And you kind of do that weird thing. I think I said this before, but I was like, oh, it's not always like this. Yeah, you feel like you have to that? kind of... I don't know idea because we're British. God knows. Instead of being like, yes, I'm a wonderful fucking parent. But say your children weren't good on the plane because let's take away the word good because they're children. Yeah. I always feel like this now. Like, I feel like if anyone even like looks at Brody in the wrong way, I'm causing havoc because I'm like, he's a child <laughs> and I'm waiting for people to say something. I think it's more, I stress the situation out, you know, because I'm thinking in my head, then people are judging me or then people. And in the end, you're like, he's a child. And they was a child once, you know? Before you have a child, I think that's just ingrained into you. That you go, oh, screaming child, whatever like that. As soon as you have them, you anyone that's a mother or a father around you goes, don't worry, I've been there. Like, don't, yeah. well, if, if you want me to hold them for two minutes, you're very welcome to go to the loo. Um, it's nice. And that is quite sweet. But yes, I think as soon as you have a child, realise that we've all done this before. We've all been on flights before with kids and it's not the easiest thing in the world. A lot of people nice. have messaged me asking what are the tips for flying? So what happened with, with you when you were, I mean, was Brody crying? I mean, was it a bit of a nightmare? He just didn't sleep for 11 hours. Was 11, it a daytime flight? Daytime flight. We could only get a night flight back. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't sleep the whole way. And he was only a baby. Yeah, he was like eight, nine months. And he just didn't sleep. He didn't know what he wanted. And you need a baby to sleep. And I couldn't even rock him. Because, you know, and you're just like... At one point, I was just crying, thinking, I don't know what to do. And then Tommy was getting stressed. I was getting stressed. Nothing helped. But I think that was that age. Like, 
He couldn't crawl. He couldn't do much. I think he was frustrated. Now, the saving God on a flight is snacks and an iPad. You just pack loads of snacks. Like, it's actually easier when they can eat. And this age is actually easier. And he's, yeah, he'll be three in May. So he can talk. And I just feed him loads of sugar, which don't actually help him. It helps for the yeah, time. Georgia, when that does not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the best things is talking to other parents and getting tips from them. So I think that's great. And I think that's a brilliant tip from you, Georgia. Right. Let's talk about your book, I Wish I Knew. Tell the audience what, what your sort of motivation was for writing the book and um, why it sort of came about. Do you know what? I am really proud of this book. I feel like I can't believe I've actually wrote a book. Um, But I'm going to be honest with you, I grew up not knowing a lot of stuff. I was always that person that would ask loads of questions. Um, And then I got to an age where I started feeling really stupid when I'd ask questions because, you know, you get to a funny age. And I kept finding myself saying, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew this. And I promise you, literally, we was in this meeting about a book and I kept saying, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that. I, I kept saying, you know what? I wish I knew that other people felt like that and then I'd have felt better. And I kept saying it. And everyone looked, everyone went silent and was like, that's the name of the book. I wish I knew. And you know what? I love it because I have basically wrote down everything that people are thinking, but I've just, I've just said it out loud. And that's what I love about it. But also you're focusing on mental health. You're focusing on miscarriage situations. You're talking about stuff that Mm. has gone on in your life. And I think that's important because you are, which is why you've had five series of a very successful show is because you are relatable. You're almost writing a diary to yourself that other people can read. And you know, I just find that you go through life and it's not all good. You know, the last two years, me and Tommy have really like gone through it. Um, this one, this year I'm praying for like a lovely, happy year, healthy year. Um, and I keep finding myself in these situations and I keep finding myself feeling really lonely. And I keep, find, I kept saying like, no one ever talks about it. Like, why am I the only one? And I started to feel like there was something wrong with me in all scenarios. And then it's only after I get out of the scenario, I say it to people and they all go, oh, we felt like that or that happened to me. And I'm like, well, why why is no one talking about it? Because if everyone spoke about it, we'd all feel together and you don't feel less alone. And, you know, you get a sense of power owning it once you talk about it and realising you're not alone and it's not weird. Um, I think that... Yeah, I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it's one of those things because I think you, especially becoming a parent, you feel like you there's a lot of eyes on you and like judgment and you've got to do it perfectly and you've got to love it and you've got to be excellent at it. And you can't, yeah. you can't ever say I'm struggling or whatever. And we were struggling, weren't we? 100%. And it was like, you're this tired and you're like, you're up at three in the morning, you're trying to boss feed, the baby's screaming, it won't go down. There's no rhyme nor no. reason for it. It's incredibly stressful, but you feel bad saying that. Is there anything that you wish you knew well, obviously, a lot of things that wish I didn't, I, I knew. But is there anything you particularly go, why did no one talk about this? I wish I knew that it's okay to lose yourself and love your child and feel sad at the same time. Like you said, I really suffered when I had Brody of not connecting with him straight away. Mm. Um, and I remember crying in the toilet with my little dog, Monkey, and I was crying and I was thinking, why is everyone so happy that this baby's here and I'm not? Like, of course, I love him. But at the end of the day, I walked into that C-section room and I was Georgia and I've I've walked out and now my mum, someone has literally handed me a human and said, okay, you've got to keep this human alive. And I was like, 
what? Like I'd never changed a nappy. I'd never done anything. And I was, it was a massive, massive shock to me. And now looking back, I want to give myself a cuddle because I, I felt so guilty. I generally thought I was like, there's something wrong with me. Like I'm not maternal. Like this is really bad. And my mind went into such a dark place and I felt like I was in a dark tunnel with no light. And I remember just really struggling. And now I look back and I'm like, it's so normal. So if someone would have said it to me then, I would have felt okay. And I say to my friends now, my friend just had a baby and I'm like, if you get these faults and you want to cry, it is normal. And I tell them now, I'm like, this can happen to you. You can go in a dark place. That's okay. Like you're used to being yourself and now you're not. It's hard keeping a human alive. Like it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're no longer, it's as I, I say this an awful lot, but you're no longer the lead character in your own book and someone has no. taken over that from you. I don't even know about my lead life no more because, you know, even my TV is full of kids TV. But do you know what's in that book? And I really love it. There's a page dedicated to the 2am night feeds yeah. because I found that silent, night, didn't you? I felt so alone. It's so quiet, isn't it? It's just such mm. a quiet time. And I used to do selfies and I'd put it on my Instagram story. So any tips out there for anyone, like I would just do a little selfie or do a little caption and say, I'm awake, anyone out there with me? And then people would write to me and I'd instantly feel better. So yeah. I've done a page yeah. and it's just some really nice quotes and just like feel good ones when you're reading. It makes me laugh because I've literally done those same posts on social media, but it literally at 2am, it looks like I'm part of the Blair Witch Project, just in the background <laughs> with like the slight red glow from the white noisemaker and then yeah. just me in this dark. And I'm literally like, I look like I'm from the bloody Blair Witch. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So we all know about this, but it is a different situation, uh, parenthood, in a public eye situation. Criticism is something that I have felt enormously, not only because of the choice of names, just as basic stuff. And everyone just seems to want to have a problem with you, don't they? I just wish people would look and know the whole context before they make you feel worse about yourselves. Because, worst way possible, we are going to fuck up sometimes. Because of we're course. learning. I have to stop myself from replying to them or having a go oh. at them. What do you do? I do, do you reply. Have, do you? What do you do? <laughs> I do. It depends what mood I'm in and depends how much sleep I've had. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, do you know what? Like, I don't need your shit today. I don't. Yeah. I don't, thanks. And it really winds me up. Like, this is quite deep, but obviously I lost the baby, didn't I, in mm, April. And people actually have had the cheek to say to me, like, you can't be sad because you've already got a child. And I'm like... That's absolutely monstrous. That's a that's wild thing to say. I, no, that's what I get now. They're like, you should just be grateful you've got one. And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm not grateful. I'm obsessed with Brody. He's the love of my life. But 
I'm, I've lost a child. I'm grieving. Like anyone going through that's difficult, and then to go through it on a public stage is is a lot. And then, I mean, say to say you should be grateful because you've got one. Like obviously you're thankful you've got a kid, but like yeah. you were pregnant with another kid, you're about to have another kid. It is a part of your life. That's mad. Yeah. Some of the comments like that are so stupid mm. that I'm a bit like, okay, you're just ridiculous. Like you're not even worth my time. But then sometimes I'm like angry because obviously I'm still grieving. So I'm like, no. Do you know what? I ain't having it from you today. Getting pregnant and keeping a baby full term is obviously a challenge. That's something that doesn't happen for everyone. And I remember when we were struggling, I think we were on our, it was the fourth round that we ended up with the twins. On something like the second or third, everyone would get pregnant around you and you'd sit there and the first thing you do is, oh, for fuck's sake. And you're like, yeah. and you don't mean that because you're so happy for them. But you sit there and you go, this is really tough on mine. And often I'd, I'd maybe mute them because I didn't want to see their journey the entire time. Yeah. Um, because I love that person. They're great. But uh, I, I, why aren't we there yet? Yeah, people saying that kind of stuff to us as well was quite hard, wasn't you it? Just have it was to, like, you sort of have to rise above it then you just think to yourself. I mean, when it, when when I got the third miscarriage, I was kind of like, "Will this ever happen for us?" Um, yeah. And you've just got to kind of be philosophical for it and just be like, you know, the the baby's there; they're waiting to come along at the right time and all that sort of thing. Just be like, "What's meant to be will be." And obviously, it's made us more grateful for where we are now, but it's not easy. And especially because we we oh. we were doing it publicly, people are aware of it, and they the sympathy almost hurts just as much as as it not happening because it's kind of just a constant reminder. It's tough. I'm at that stage where I've been trying since I lost the baby. Um, and I got pregnant very, very quick. I was so blessed with both pregnancies. So this time around, where it hasn't happened yet, it's so hard. I've gone for tests, you know, Tommy has. Um, and the problem with it is this year, I've gained so much weight where I've been eating emotionally because I do that. I either go the other way, one way or the other. You know, I've got a show. I've been saying how much I want a baby. And they're constantly like, is she pregnant? Because I've gained a bit of weight. And I'm like, you're so insensitive. Mm. Um, and what I've had to realise is it's okay to be happy for someone else and sad for myself. And I really struggled with that at the time because I thought I was a really bad person because everyone around me currently is pregnant or have just had babies. Mm. I'm human. and But at the time, I really struggled and I thought I'm a terrible person because I feel really, really sad. But now I know it's okay, like, it's okay, give myself a break, I'm still sad for myself, and that's okay, and I can still be happy for that person, but I can still mute them, or take myself out of the situation to protect myself, and, you know, I think you learn things like that, don't you, as you mm. go along. I think also you need to sometimes look in the mirror and just say, God, I'm so proud of myself for doing what I do because putting this out there is an awfully difficult thing, and we understand that as much as you do, and, yeah. and it is hard, and I know what you're doing is metaphorically holding hands with so many people out there that are struggling and relate to your problems. And that, I think, is is fairly fucking extraordinary. It's giving people a, a little bit of hope. Yeah, well, you give me hope. You used to actually give me hope because it's happened for you now. And it was you now you've got beautiful twins. And now it's like, I do believe that it hasn't happened for me yet because something great is waiting. And I used yeah. to are the example of that, you know, you waited and, and it's come to you. So thank you because you used to have actually given me hope. It was really sweet. I mean, I'm a bit emotional. I, yeah. <laughs> don't start me on it's this. Not, it's not that much um, Don't, I'll be going. I, I think the, the best way to think about it is everything happens for a reason. It happens at the right yeah. time and it will just make you cherish it more when you've got it. And I must say, when it didn't happen the last time, I was like, maybe it's just never will, but it did. And... I mean, now it's all going to blur. I can't, I can't actually remember much of the last six months, but it's amazing we got there. But it was it was four years yeah. of hell. My sister always used to say to me that, don't worry, 
they're at the train station, they just missed the train. And that breaks my heart. And I was like, if they're related to me in any manner, then of course they've missed the train <laughs> because they, they're always late. They're always late. They're always a bit scatty. They got the wrong ticket, but they, oh, okay. but they came in the end. And that's what I think always something needs to remember that. So, okay, Georgia, are there any tips that you would give anyone about, or us, about that kind of newborn stage? Ours is seven months old now. It mm. is getting easier, but it's still a struggle. So seven-month stage, Brody started actually re-waking up in the night um, because of his dummy. Yeah, so, that's what we've got with Apollo. Do you know what I had to do? Go cold turkey. He kept basically spitting it out and it would wake him up. I was up like literally every hour and I thought no 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 no, I'm not going backwards I'm not doing this so I took it away he cried for about two weeks and then he's never ever asked for it since and he's got friends that are still on the dummy and there's no way you are getting a dummy off a three-year-old you're not doing it lots of people are saying to us especially at this stage you want to think about getting rid of the dummy because well obviously yeah. dependency things but like development things for their teeth and all that you're not going to like it you two will row and you will be cussing my name you'll be saying right. is she joking but it's fine because <laughs> i can be here for you if you need it but well, you literally have to go cold turkey i just took it away and i never looked back if you give it back to them you might as well have never done it okay so want... you know brody's potty trained yeah i've got the best tip for you if you yeah. need it. Okay. Well, this is for everyone yeah. as well. This is this is interesting. So my tip is literally let them tell you when they're ready. It's the weirdest thing. And you're going to be like, what do you mean? Because I did this. My mum said to me, because I bought a potty, Brody thought it was a toy, thought it was the best thing ever. It was definitely not weighing on it. Anyway, my mum said, Georgia, why are you even starting? He's not ready. He will tell you. And I was like, mum, he's not going to tell me. There's no way. Oh my God. She was right. I promise you now, he woke up one morning, it was a Tuesday, never forget, and he said, Mum, no nappies today, pants today. I went, what? He went, pants today. I went, oh, darling. I said, you're going nursery. And then I went into like a full panic. I was like, <laughs> oh, uh, what do I what do? I do? Uh, uh, and it was like so stressful. I got a big bag of stuff, literally filled this bag up to bring to the nursery. It looked like he was going away for like two weeks. Um, <laughs> and I promise you, he weed, he like wet himself for three days, like only like once at nursery, once, once, twice a day. And that was it. He was dry in the night. He's been dry ever since and dry in the day. He literally did three days and that was it. Also, we have discussed it and we can't ignore the fact that you and I and Gareth have been on reality TV for a long time. We often think it's a real joy to be able to have been a part of a show that was as big as our shows were. However, there are bits that I would be slightly sceptical about Apollo and Cosmo watching when they, they get a little bit older because that is available. They can because go back it's, on. It's not just them, it's their friends. Their as friends, well. everything. I'm sure there are moments where you'd sit there and be like, oh, I don't need to watch that one. What is 100%. it? What would yours be? I was going out with Ashley James and she found a gay porn DVD. That's not ideal. <laughs> oh, that's a weird one. <laughs> Which would not be allowed on shows, by the way, anymore. You'd like, She surprised me and saying, by the way, what the fuck is this? On camera. And she gave me a gay porn DVD. No. We actually had this conversation the other night, and I can tell you it's season three, episode five, because we went back to watch it to be like, if our kids were to watch this, how bad would it be? It's not as bad, I, it's but it's still not great. Bad, but it's not ideal. What about you? Is there anything you wouldn't want them seeing? I mean, all of the rows I used to have, you know, like... I used to used to row for fun back in the day, like just random stupid things. And I just wouldn't want him to see it. Like I just, I'd be so embarrassed. And do you know what though? I do laugh now because I think with my show, like we've shown a lot of stuff, like his whole life's been on camera and I'm yeah, slightly worried because I'm like, is he going to like start on me one day? Because he's going to be like, why have you shown me doing that, mum? 
we've I mean, we've talked about sex lives. We've talked about all sorts of stuff like that, yeah. which obviously they'll be like, oh, I don't really want to know about that. Thanks very much. Hopefully they might think we're cool. It's like a nice collage of like memories. Great. And I'll tell you video. what, yeah. a lot of people do regret it. And I know people do. I'm going to ask the question because I don't regret doing it at all. I'm delighted to have been a part of something like that. What do you think? Oh, I... I love Towie still. I'm a really massive fan. And I just, I don't like people that slag off their shows. Um, oh, I find it really to pathetic. Me, I just think it gave me the platform. I met Tommy. And if I didn't meet Tommy, I wouldn't have had Brody. And, you know, my whole life has been because of Towie. So I don't regret it at all. I know we've yeah. spoken about it. The whole world is dying for it. But I know that they would love to do an original Towie, an original Chelsea again. People would love to see that, I'm sure. And some, or some, so. even the iconic characters. Can you imagine all yeah. in one? Even if it's like a villa for a week, imagine it. That. Or the, I mean, it would, people would be obsessed. It'd be great. It'd be such a great holiday as well. Leave the kids at home, just have a laugh. Can you imagine? I'm here. Yeah, me too. All right, Angel. Thank you for being so wonderful, being so open. The book is out on the 29th, I believe, which is very, yeah. very shortly. And yeah. uh, it's good. I wish I knew. Georgia, it really is lovely. And thank you for being so heaven, not oh, only to me as a person me. all these times, but being an inspiration to so many people. Thank you very oh, much. Thanks, Diane. guys. Thanks for having me. So that was amazing from Georgia, wasn't I it? I literally, like, how much is everyone just in the same boat? And we just should talk about it more. That's the thing. And the things, I literally, I love a new parent friend and we've got a new parent friend. I love her. Her book is out on the 29th. If you want to have a look, you can do pre-order right now. Guys, we'll see you next week for another episode of Newly Dads. If you have anything to say, any lovely stories, etc., you can always email us on newlydads at jampopproductions.co.uk. And also if you're on socials, at newlydads on TikTok and Instagram, and you can send us messages on there too and uh we'll see you next week you've been listening to newly dads with ollie and gareth lotlock the producer is ben johns the assistant producer is maya adelia videography by jamie gilbert video editing by jake g the executive producers are jemima rathbone and jamie lang and newly dads is a jam pop production Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.